Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffy the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast, a special podcast, emergency podcast, as they say. Uh, we, we just gave our Twitter handles. If you're on Twitter, you definitely know the news. Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald was fired today. Hurt, I, you know, very proud of how long we've kept the podcast going. Uh, you know, hopefully get keep it going a while. Never did I think our podcast would outlive Pat Fitzgerald. We are in strange days, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think anything would outlive Pat Fitzgerald. I thought he was immortal. Like, we we talk about demigods. Demigods are not immortal. We, I thought he was immortal. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, Kurt and I talked very briefly offline before we recorded. So what we're going to do is Kurt is going to quickly go through the timeline. It's not an extensively long timeline. And then we're going to kind of piece together our thoughts after Kurt goes through the timeline. Go for it, Big Kurt. Yeah, so amazing how fast the stuff happens these days. Like, it, the last four days seems like four weeks. I, and in the old I, days, that's how long this would have taken to shake out. Literally took four days. But then I was also, before we get to that, how many firing episodes have we done? Uh, we did, did we... Were we recording yet when Durkin got fired? I think we No. I think we were. I think we did a Durkin. Did we do it? Did we do a Durkin? That was very early. It wow. might have been like it might have been part of a first episode. Probably was not a standalone. Okay. We did Chris Ash. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh we Lovey. We did Lovey. We did Chris. We did Frost. Frost. We did I'm no. missing one. Not well, Brom. Not Brom. Brom. Well, Brom wasn't a firing. Brom was a move on. Oh, so we, okay, that, that's a yeah. good point. Yep. Yeah. It's at least six firing and, episodes we've done. I would have thought Paul Christ would have been our most surprising firing specific podcast. I think this one now takes the cake for the most surprising, as, as at least as far as how quickly things have gone down. Yeah, because you know there's an investigation, which I guess kind of casually knew about, but nobody thought that something like this was going to come out of it. Um, and. Mm. I mean, pretty much when I saw what was released on Friday, uh, again, as you go through no, the I'm timeline. I'm talking about when the, the investigation started. I, it wasn't, there was nothing, nobody was talking about it, no clamoring about Fitzy potentially getting fired at some point. Well, do you want to go ahead and go through the timeline now? Well, I don't go back that far. I don't know when that okay. investigation started, but yeah, let's go ahead and start. And I want to want to mention this is from Wildcat Report, great resource for Northwest information. Louis Vacare runs that site. He is at Wildcat Report. You can also go to wildcatreport.com. However, this timeline was put together by Matthew Shelton at Matt Shelton 21. Works for Louis over there at Wildcat Report. So great job putting this together in a really concise manner. So let's start on July 7th. Northwestern announces the conclusion of an investigation and the two-week suspension of Pat Fitzgerald with some some sanctions in there as well, like monitoring of activities. Move on to, and by the way, okay. So, what did you think? I guess at that point, you're you're talking to me. Yeah. Um. Here's what I thought. Uh, first thoughts I had were hazing. What is hazing? What is hazing to me? What is hazing to Kurt? What is hazing to anybody? It is a word that that is going to differ. 
from one person to another, or at the very least, it's going to differ on what one would consider bad or, or you know, a necessary, whatever you want to say, hazing to, ah, uh, this is team building hazing. I, I know I know where my level is at. I don't know where anybody's level is at. I had questions right from the get-go. It just seemed suspicious. Something was missing here two weeks in the offseason. Is that really a punishment? I know it was without pay. Anyway, it just raised an eyebrow for me. July 8th, the very next day, Daily Northwestern publishes an article. This is from Nicole Marcus, Alice Brown, Cole Reynolds, and Divya Bardwaj. And they are in the article quoting one single former player, quoting anonymously, but they get confirmation from a second anonymous source. And this is when the allegations come out. And they also point out, this is their wording, Fitz, quote, may have known from the uh, sources, may have known. And this is with uh, players being identified for hazing with the Shrek clap. Uh, Fitz would clap supposedly for these guys to get, quote, run. And this is where the weird dry humping story comes into play. There was also the car wash thing with the nude high-powered spray that apparently, (laughs) if you're spraying the right place, it's pretty painful. And then a couple other weird nude activities, including hiking of a football nude. Under center, not from the shotgun, apparently. (laughs) Same day, July 8th, a statement comes out from the, quote, entire football team that says they do not tolerate hazing. These allegations were exaggerated, twisted into lies, and they deny Fitz's involvement. Same day, July 8th, many players on Twitter specifically expressing support for Fitzgerald and saying they didn't see this type of activity. July 8th, same day, President of Northwestern Michael Schill emails the entire student body. Weird. Right there. Yeah. I I, I don't understand that. But yeah. he says he his confession, I'm not going to go through the, the email, but he says that he focused too much on what Fitzgerald did not know and not enough on what he should have known. That was kind of his message to the and, student body. And if I can interject now, so yep. let me get this straight. They announced to the world of of the hazing and suspension on Friday. Just 24 hours later, the president's like, oh, my bad. I mean, if you want to give off the the aroma of bad leadership, how about announce something on a Friday and then basically say I might have screwed up 24 hours later. So right then and there, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little skeptical of how this thing's going. And it also... I mean, I guess if the allegations are true, now he's kind of in backpedaling mode. He Did he think he was getting away with something? And now he's saying, oh, maybe I should have done it differently. Okay, then moving on to the next day, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN, I hate saying those four letters together, but I have to give him credit, confirms the existence of a whiteboard with, quote, Shrek's list on the whiteboard and bullet points, including naked slingshot and naked bear crawl. Here's where I got to say, you have a picture of a whiteboard. Who? I, I, that doesn't tell me anything. Yep. Still felt okay. like at this point, I'm still collecting info. You know, I, I obviously, oh, and I, absolutely. And, and disclaimer that we could have put right at the beginning of the podcast. Kurt and I don't have amazing insider info and any more than most people on Twitter. We're, we're pulling this all together and just giving our, just giving our thoughts. That's, that's all we're adding here. Okay. Moving on to the same day, which is yesterday. Daily Northwestern again, runs an article with, some staffers again anonymously staffers confirming 
that the running practice and the hazing did take place, but they could not confirm if Pat Fitzgerald was involved. Later that same day, July 9, Adam Rittenberg again from ESPN pub- publishes something saying Fitz did know. And there was a whistleblower at this point. I'm sorry, the, the whistleblower's plan was to take down Fitz. So Fitz knew whistleblower's plan was to take down Fitz. A second source says that this whistleblower said to him, I'm just trying to get Fitz fired. Hmm. Hmm. And the truth is none of this stuff happened in our locker room. And then a third source made a claim of nude pull-ups at Camp Kenosha, which is where they do their their uh, their fall camp. And then finally, July 10th, moving on to today, we get allegations of r- racism from three former players. And finally, Inside NU's Bradley Locker has an anonymous re- recent player confirming all allegations are true and that Fitz knew but nobody brought it to him as a problem, whatever that means. And then finally concludes with the announcement that Pat Fitzgerald has been fired as the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcat football team. Uh, like I joked on Twitter, not really joked, just kind of used a gif to uh, uh, accentuate my point. Um, dreamed of for years of Pat Fitzgerald being let go or fired from Northwestern. But using the Matrix, I don't know the character of the girl in the all white. Not like this. Not like this. This is not how I pictured this. Um, I don't have a a good feeling here. In fact, this whole thing has essentially made me feel icky since about Saturday morning is when these details came out that you just went through on Friday. It was just hazing is pretty much what we heard and the two and the two week suspension um very quickly Saturday anybody that was paying even remotely uh, remote attention to the story pretty much assumed that Pat Fitzgerald was going to be let go is that fair I mean I think me and you had texted at that point and we had like a group uh, chat that we're a part of we pretty much assumed at that point it was just a matter of time um insane how fast that went so I've got thoughts all over the place um every time we've had one of these uh you know, fired coach uh, podcast. After I go back and listen to it, uh, I cringe at the things I forgot to say or how I worded them. I'll probably do a poor job this one <laughs> as well. I hope I do better, but it's hard to get everything out because, and especially here, because there is a lot of of things that I want to say, but yet to 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 be able to word them and not sound like a caveman is going to be difficult at at times. Uh, but I guess we'll do our best here. Like you know. Like getting into the details of some of the hazing stuff, okay? Um, I am, I don't think I am pro hazing, but yet I'm pro making things tough on freshmen and the underclassmen to get them mentally tougher. That is a fine line for any coach to go through. Um, My hazing in high school, as far as physically, was way worse than the hazing I went through at Iowa. The hazing I went through at Iowa was psychological. Little bit by the coaches, very much by the upperclassmen. So those things go down, and I get this feeling, okay, from Twitter, of which somewhere around 99.97% of the people on Twitter have never played football at that level, I, I think they have this like romanticized picture of in their head 
of what things are like inside the locker room of their favorite college football team. And I'm here to tell all those 99.97% of people, it's worse than that, okay? It's tough. It is a tough environment. Now, with all of that said, that was a word salad right there, I know. The the naked part in the stuff, if that went down, I ain't never seen it. I didn't see it at high school. Didn't see it at Iowa. I have no idea what how that is needs to be a part of any football program or program in general. The one thing I would say is what was how things are written on a page by Maggie Hickey of Schiff Harden might have a different feel than if you were a 20 year old dude that was in the locker room at the time. I would just ask people to just sit for just a maybe 30 consecutive seconds and think about that. Sometimes things written down sound a lot worse than if you were there and it was a bunch of 20-year-old meatheads joking around at the time. Yeah, and we don't, I guess, let me start by saying, I at this point, I don't know what happened because all I see is a bunch of conflicting information right now. So I don't know that there was nude hazing, but... If there's if there's gonna be any hazing, make sure there's no nudity. <laughs> that's, that's, right. That's that's, that's the key. That's a, that's a rule. I think that's an unwritten rule. And I don't mean to laugh. No nudity. I don't mean folks, I don't mean to laugh with this, but at some point, maybe you just need to laugh because of the ridiculous of this. So I, I apologize to anybody if Kurt makes me laugh two or three more times on this podcast because I, I don't know what else to say. So if any of that nudity happened, then yeah, he absolutely deserves to be fired. If if it was just the um the the what is it the running it's weird, but I don't think that's fireable. I just I would like a lot more information before I make a judgment on Pat Fitzgerald. And I felt like as of Saturday and into Sunday, I felt like we were getting into the. I think they're going to maybe let this play out a little bit. But then they just accelerated stuff late Sunday, early Monday to to just be done with it. I mean that that's my take. And if I haven't because, if I haven't said if I haven't expressed this, you know, Kurt, over the last couple of years here, I have decided that I'm just going to go ahead and trust my instincts on how I feel yeah. about things. And here's sure. my instincts on how this went down uh, after the one in eleven horrible year. Somebody inside the Northwestern Athletic Department went to Pat Fitzgerald and said, we would like you to resign. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, in not so nice of terms, uh, said no thank you. And they instantly started an investigation very quickly after that. Because from the what I know, this, this uh, investigation started somewhere January, February, right? Which is enough time for somebody to meet after the college football season's over, reassess where things are at, and come to the conclusion they don't want Pat Fitzgerald as their coach. They, they He's got a massive contract left over from the previous athletic director, so he's well within his right to say, no, I, I'm, I'm going to stick around. I want to fix this thing. So they go to work and they try to find something inside the program to get him fired with cause. And this is my thoughts. Now, as far as naked hazing, okay, I'm not saying that's in every football program. What I would say, though, is if you find a, a, a powerful enough microscope 
and you take it to any college football program, you can figure out a way to get that college football coach out. That is what I believe they did here. This is much more hmm. about Pat Fitzgerald being 111 and having three of the last four seasons being awful than the need for the investigation to happen in the first place. Okay, I think that's a possibility. I'm, I don't know that I can agree that's what happened. And the reason is because Pat Fitzgerald, despite having three out of four last seasons be bad, he is the face of Northwestern football over the last 30 years almost. Going back to 1995 when they first won the Big Ten with him, then won it again the next year. He went from that to coaching at Northwestern about 10 years later as an assistant, taking over and doing great things with them. Pat Fitzgerald has had as long of a leash as anybody anywhere. And I know it looks bad, but I feel like even the people, even people in high places at Northwestern, we're going to give them a little more time. The leash was long, but it had been shortened. You want to know oh, what it had shortened? been shortened. In fact, the I think if he hadn't improved, if he hadn't shown significant improvement this year, meaning like, win five games. So, say he went five and seven this year. Okay, getting things back on track, we're going to give you another year. If he went four and eight or three and nine, I think he was gone this year. Um, let me. Here's, here's something I was thinking of. Um, if you did a quick search, I, I didn't have time to do this. I'm, I'm going off of, of just kind of gut feel. But I, me thinks, if you did a search of coaches, head coaches, that have either gone one and 11 – or one in ten back when they played eleven games. Heck, I would even say two in ten. And how many of them were retained to coach mm. the next year when it wasn't their first or second year? It is very well possible that the only coach on that list's name is Pat Fitzgerald. We're four four years in, eight years in, twelve years into somebody's tenure, and they rip off a one in eleven burger. They're gone. Every time Pat Fitzgerald was going to be gone, but, but he had this contract. So for, yeah, in order, in order for them to, to make him be gone, they would have had to fire him and owe him a lot of money. Yeah. And, and we have to point out it is a new AD and that does factor into this. Yeah. Yeah. So now do I think there's, do I think there was an arrogance about Pat Fitzgerald? <laughs> yes, like I said, I, I have dreamt of this day for a long time. Do I think he is one of the, you know, pariah head coaches of college football? No, I'm not saying that, but like nobody's perfect, okay? Everybody's got the little skeletons in the closet to a certain degree. So like I think there is an arrogance about Pat Fitzgerald of I was always going to be okay because the Ryan family loves me and I'm Pat Fitzgerald. Okay. Yeah. Do I think that probably leads to him running his program and pushing the boundaries a little bit on discipline and things like that? I, I think that's also very believable, but overall I, I feel like this was a desire to get him out and they got the results they want. Now this thing ain't over yet. I would say that, Pat Fitzgerald's lawyers are going to get involved. There's going to be a lot of lawyers making a lot of money off of this to see what kind of money he can get out of this. Because I still feel like 
we, we are going off of a lot of anonymous people, players, I should say, anonymous players that have said this stuff. In fact, some of the players have been contradictory. Some of the uh, negative comments were from a Ramon Diaz Jr. Okay, he was somebody that contributed to the negative things being said about Pat Fitzgerald. I would I would want a Northwestern or a, if I wasn't a Northwestern fan, I'd want this to be known. A Northwestern fan shared this with me. I won't say his name. He never kind of gave me permission. But this was a Ramon Diaz tweet from almost exactly three years ago. Coach Fitz, Coach Fitz continues to influence my life today. He expects his athletes to be exceptional students. The culture, the culture, say so read that again. He creates at Northwestern is one that I speak of with great admiration to youth athletes daily. I am proud to be a Wildcat. Go Cats. Three years later, he wants that coach gone. Boy, specifically, that's some contradictory situations right there. And, and you're that's the tweet from the former player accusing racism, right? Correct. Okay. Our, so the whole racism thing, I just, I'm throwing out. I'm not even considering that. I think it's completely bogus. So one thing I would like is to hear from Pat Fitzgerald. I realize we probably won't because what you mentioned, the litigation, he probably can't say anything at this time. Um, but going back to Pat Fitzgerald and them firing Pat Fitzgerald or wanting, the, the powers to be wanting him out. Who do you think after last year, what what caliber of coach do you think Northwestern would attract? Because it's not an easy place to win. It's a very unique situation, unique, unique program. I, I mean, even though Pat Fitzgerald was doing poorly, I still had more trust in him than just about anybody they could hire. Look, look I have read comments. on Again, this is Twitter. Okay, but I've read comments on Twitter. Essentially, this is good for Northwestern. Get that bum out of there and get a real coach. When I when I read things like that from people, I'm like, what what am I doing? Why am I wasting my time on this app? Reading things from these idiots. Now, does that mean that an another coach could come in and not improve upon things? No, it's it's certainly possible that that's that 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 could happen. So I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but this just assumption that Northwestern will be a much better football program moving forward now because Pat Fitzgerald is gone. That's that's just ridiculousness. I, I mean, for for most of the time he was there, th this was as good as you could have expected this program to operate and for success on the field. Now, also factual, every year in the last four years, besides the COVID year, they haven't just been bad. They've been awful or atrocious. So I, I'm not saying those things didn't happen, but just this overall, well, now Northwestern will be fine moving forward because he's gone. That's that's just silly right there. It is silly. So, okay, let's move forward to now. Now, not only is it a unique situation within college football, not only do they have the academic standards, small private school, now they've got this hanging over. Yep. After uh, a one in eleven season. So now who who can they get? Because I mean not now you've got to overcome this image and, and rebuild a culture. It's even harder to attract a head coach. So, I couldn't agree more. So yeah. so it makes even less sense to fire him if if you didn't have to. 
or it's just an absolutely botched way of going about it. Right. So yeah. now that you, so you that, rape that, what you sow, correct. And so right, and they're going to get a worse coach than they could have gotten. It, and let me say this. Let me say this. Thanks for bringing that up because I wanted to say this. As much respect as I have for Fitz, again, even though I've wanted that guy gone for you know a long time, okay, but that's because I do have respect for him and and the teams that he's put out there most of the time over the years. With that being said, three of these last four years have been horrible. It would have been well, n- nobody would have batted an eye. I, I don't think Jeffrey the Greek or or Kurt or Big Kurt would have batted an eye if they fired Pat Fitzgerald after rivalry weekend sometime mid-December, correct? We would have we would have been surprised. I, I w- yeah, I would have said, okay, I think they pulled the trigger a little early, but okay, you just got embarrassed by your downstate foe. I, I was there, by the way, got to see Pat Fitzgerald's last last, last game, right? Big Ten coaching game. Yeah, it would have it would have I would have been okay with it. Yeah, all right. They want to move on. I think you have an out at that point. It is my opinion. So so do do that. Do, fire the guy because he was bad at his job three of the last four years. Don't By do the way, this. Th- this is what is it upsets me because this can happen, folks. This can happen to you. Okay, this can happen to anybody. Wow. Like that's, that's that's something. And, and maybe like I'm to... maybe I'm making this into too big of a deal. Maybe I'm the weird one here. I I don't know, but that's how I'm reading through this. This this to me moves beyond Northwestern into college football and 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 and, and bigger. This this is it's bad. And, and unless of course it more and more, and I'd like to put this caveat out there. Like I from what I've seen, the racism things and stuff like that. I. I don't feel I've seen enough. That doesn't mean that there can't be more proof that comes to the table to make yeah. me feel that way. So to me, I'm still open to get more information. If that's the case, that I would I would change my stance on it. I'm, I'm going from things at nine o'clock here on July 10th. So these are the things I, I'm, I'm looking at. But but as of right now, that's what I think. I think they wanted to see if they could get him out the door. And not pay for that eight nine what seven eight nine whatever it is years left on his contract, and that's and Bush, that's the, Bush League man. If that's the case, and I wonder if the Daily Northwestern helped him out because the timing is pretty coincidental. So July seventh, yeah. the announcement from the university. The next day, the Daily Northwestern publishes the allegations. And by the way, another thing to point out, like as far as moving forward, because we're kind of talking about that, uh, uh, Michael Schill, great name, Michael Schill. Is the president? He said yep. recently, college athletics is in a race to the bottom. Does that sound like a president you want to come work for? If you Whoa. are okay, and that was that was earlier this year. That was like this spring that he said that. So, so you got a president Yikes. saying that barely reads whatever report was put on his desk, and his athletic director says maybe we should suspend him for two weeks. Okay, let's suspend him for two weeks, and then the next day. He starts reading through social media or something that, that got his attention. He's like, oh, boy, <laughs> straightens out his bow tie and goes, maybe I should look deeper into this. And he looked in and he goes, oh, boy, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I did. Maybe I should should look more into this. And then they fire him the next two days later. You know what, what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Northwestern in the 1980s and before when they when the administration had a complete disdain for athletics. Well, and you know how this actively, history repeats itself, Kurt. <laughs> you know, 
So I also want to point out, look, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear this out. Uh, I, could be that he absolutely deserve to get fired. Don't right. know yet. Yes. I want to point out Pat Fitzgerald, I'm an Illini fan, has caused me more pain <laughs> than he's caused almost anybody in the world. Caused me directly, and here I am defending the guy. And I and, and saying, and, let's can we at least give would him it a be chance? fair to say the two fan bases that he's caused the most pain are Illinois and Iowa with the two fan bases we represent, and we're I don't even know if I'm necessarily defending Pat Fitzgerald. To be honest, I feel no. like I, I'm defending what's right. That's what I feel yeah. like in my mind. I'm trying to, to defend here. I'm and, defending and, principles that I believe in. I guess. Okay, there you go. Well put. Now, the thing I want to point out is, I think me and you talked about this briefly, uh, Kurt, is, you know, people say, how could he not know? Ah, how, how how could he not know? Now, guys, uh, do, do I think ultimately it falls under the head coach to know things about his football team? Okay, obviously, that is obvious. A hundred guys. Let's just let's just use easy numbers here. Okay. A hundred guys. All right. First thing I would say is this. It, it wasn't like a hundred out of the hundred guys dislike this. Okay. We just had a a former uh uh player, um, what's his face? The def- uh Newsom, Greg Newsom came oh, yeah, out Greg and Newsom, defended yeah. Pat Fitzgerald just yeah. on Monday. And I'd like to point out African American player. High quality, excellent man from everything that I've known defended the guy. Yep. Okay. So that means one out of those roughly a hundred guys did not think his time at Northwestern was absolutely ridiculous and awful. What I'm trying to say is this, let's just use a hundred. My guess is I'm just throwing numbers out that 93 out of a hundred guys actually either did not have an issue with the hazing or maybe didn't even think it was hazing at all. They just thought it was goofy team bonding stuff, okay? So that leaves like seven guys that didn't like it. Well, out of those seven guys, maybe, you know, five or six got playing time and they just were like, well, it's not something I like, but overall, my experience at Northwestern has been good or was good, and then they don't say anything. So now we're down to one or two guys left on the team. That is how I think a lot of times this math goes down. You've got one or two guys left over that were uncomfortable with things and are pissed. They're pissed at how their time went at their Division I football program that they chose. So no, those guys, those seven guys, those one or two guys, they don't always go to their position coach and they sure as heck don't go to their head coach and complain. So yes, I do think it's possible that these things go down that the head cut coach doesn't know. People put way too much thought process that these head coaches know what is going on at every minute of 100 dudes on their football team. It just is I, not no, I, possible. I totally agree with you in general speaking terms. If the nudity is real, I think it's more than seven people. It should. And okay. So the, the, I mean, it's just, again, it's silly and gross and weird to talk about this stuff, but like the naked, um, um, snapping of the football. Okay. Now, again, I want to reiterate this. I want to be very clear. I have (laughs) never seen any (laughs) naked stuff. I've I've, I've never seen that at both high school and the collegiate level Uh, of which I played. Okay. I want to be clear there. With that being said, I saw some goofy shit. You know, and it was usually by O and D linemen 
that are just messing around and being disgusting because that's what, by and large, O and D linemen are. They're big dudes that, are, that that just love to make you feel uncomfortable because they get a kick out of it. So if it's one or two dudes that are doing something and messing around, I, I don't know. Like, well, that's if, that's if a it's good something point. Something that we... happened impromptu, right? I, and, okay. and to pretend like like your position coach is not in the locker room. And we don't time. know how we don't know how pervasive this is. We don't right. know how many people were involved. Like you said, it could have just been a couple of people. And we, and I'll also say that athletes at the higher levels of, of competition seem to have this weird obsession with nudity. I'll give you an example. My best friend in at U of I, and I'm not going to name the player. I remember the player chased him through the dorms. The player was buck naked, buck naked. And he was a 300 plus pound defensive lineman. And he chased my buddy because he wanted the pizza that he had just ordered. Uh, and he just did not care that he was naked. And he chased him through the whole dorm. And, he, and, like, and let me ask you this. So let me ask saw. you this. How is the head coach to ever know that that was going to go down or stop it from happening? If a 19 year old kid is sitting in his dorm and goes, you know what? I think I'm going to pull my wang out and run around the dorm. How is anybody supposed to stop him doing that? Okay, you can't. But but that's how things go down. These things happen okay. organically. I don't know if that's the right word to use, yeah. here, but that's how things go down. You actually reminded me of of a story. It's not Iowa football related, but I went to a rugby party at a bar downtown oh, Iowa well, City. Hold on, yes, hold on. You want to talk rugby about rugby players? Right, love, love, love nudity. nudity. Just it, it's it's in their DNA. It's like I came here to you know run this big fat football down the field, and then later on we're gonna <laughs> so, throw a bunch of beer on the ground and dive into it buck naked. Okay, so like so you know that. But can I finish this? That okay. is ridiculous. I was like, I remember being shocked. I'm like, I wow, just naked freaking dudes everywhere, you know. And it was actually a guy older than me. He had played football uh, with my little brother. Okay. Um, and, and like, it was hilarious. I was laughing. I went home. I honestly didn't think much of it, but that same kind of, that same kind of rugby, silly mentality people, I'm telling you again, I didn't see the nudity, but like that type of meathead mentality is prevalent in inside locker rooms like this. So to pretend that like any version of this happening is just the, 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 the most appalling thing I've ever seen. I don't know. I'm just trying to I'm trying to give this in a nuanced thing that it's not going to be something that a head coach always knows, not even something that a position coach is going to know. And then it's not necessarily going to be something that the leader or the captain of the football team immediately brings to his head coach. Okay, glad you brought up rugby, because if you explain this to a rugby player, for sure, even a rugby fan, they'd say, yeah, and. Exactly. So where's the, I don't, I, what did he do wrong? Where's the part where he did something wrong? Literally, I'm not joking. So do you know what the initiation for getting your first try in rugby as a try is the equivalent of a touchdown? You have to take your clothes off and you have to run around the, the party house naked. You have to there do a go. lap around the party house nude and then everyone pours beer on your head and then you have to drink beer out of a, someone's shoe. I'm not making that up. I, I, I believe, is it a call like a Zulu? Is yes, that that's right. That's right. Yes. It's yep. Zulu is I'm, the naked thing yeah pretty sure that's what i saw that day at a bar that's no longer uh, uh, functioning in downtown iowa city was that dude doing a zulu and yep. long story short again like i know i've already said this five times i'm gonna say it a sixth time or whatever is like i didn't see this stuff around the football complex that i was a part of my point that i'm trying to make is like frat boy you know 
uh, meathead initiation to try to build team chemistry. It probably sounds worse. Written by Maggie Hickey. I'm just going to take a, I'm just going to take a guess. Uh, uh, Kurt, I'm just going to guess that Maggie Hickey has not spent a lot of time around football programs and men athletics in her day. I'm just going to, just going to throw out that guess. And when she reports on something, doing her job and oh, yeah. writing it down on a piece of paper, it's going to sound worse than if you talk to the backup, you know, left tackle who actually told you how it went down. Heck, probably some of those guys have told some of those stories to their friends that aren't on the football team somewhat recently yeah. because it was a good story and people laughed. Now, Correct. if you have the right person putting it down, you can turn it into something to get a coach fired. Okay, I have one last thing to say. Yeah. Turns out Mike Hankwitz was Fitzy's magic talisman. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Things I have mean, just gone off the rails since he left the program. And and like I pointed out, Pat Fitzgerald deserves credit for getting him onto the staff and keeping him there all those years. So saying something to the effect of Pat Fitzgerald was nothing without Hankwitz is a, is a BS statement to me because he deserves credit for bringing that guy onto staff and keeping I, him with him and building and, keep, and ha- go ahead. keeping him there and keeping, keeping him, him there. there and then having the intelligence to build his program around Hankwitz philosophies. Yes. A lot of coaches wouldn't be smart enough to lean into the defensive side and stuff no. like that. So Pat Fitzgerald deserves all the credit for all those wins that happened underneath him. Unfortunately, you know, as somebody pointed out in our DM group, leadership has responsibilities, right? With this stuff. And this is what comes down to it. I'm not going to shed a tear for Pat Fitzgerald. He's, he's going to be just fine. Uh, my guess is he's going to not only with the money he's made over the duration of his time at Northwestern, I think he'll probably make some money post firing, getting some of this contract back that was owed to him. I think people acting like this is going to be a scandal that is going to stick with Northwestern for years and years. I believe they're overstating things. The only thing that it, it's gone now, essentially Pat Fitzgerald is gone. The next coach is not going to have any attachment to this so this isn't part of the issues for the next coach the next coach is going to have issues with two things it's northwestern and the comments from the president and his own leadership of his university that's what will make this job tough and tough to fill and that's mostly northwestern you know that's their own fault you know it's that's that's i mean some of it's tradition something can't do anything about don't get me wrong but like if the president is going to act that way to the athletics like you pointed out just like they did in the 70s and 80s well it might look a lot like it did back in the day and i think if pat fitzgerald if if nothing more comes out and pat fitzgerald just you know walks and they do some kind of settlement if he wants to coach he can be coaching again somewhere in the nfl if he wants to be an assistant in the nfl he can have a job in no time yeah, I nobody's mean, gonna I, care. I, nobody's I, gonna care about this with what's out right now. Hard to say that he would be coaching this year. I think no, it's a I didn't say bit, this year. Yeah. So no, no, no I'm just saying. I, I I didn't mean to put words in your mouth there. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying it's not going to happen this year. But now we are over a year away from him being officially potentially on somebody's uh, coaching squad. Yes, I think that's enough time. Two, three years in the NFL, people. Always forget how easily we forget. <laughs> like, yeah, like good point. everything seems to be a big deal at the time. Eh, give us another That's... news story a week later, and it's pretty much gone. And then I have to assume for this season, they're going with an interim coach. I don't know how you do anything else 
Well, and I guess that's the last thing to talk about here is how much of this stain is going to be put on the assistant coaches. Because if you're really Good cleaning point. house, I mean, if the head coach should know, if anybody knows how the hierarchy works in a college program, if the head coach should know something, the assistant coach better dang well know something. So then you got to pretty much get rid of the whole thing. We could yeah. be potentially looking at a completely new football staff that has to take over and coach a team that went one and 11 no. last year. They're not going to let that happen. I don't know. They're I mean, not that stupid. I, you might have more faith in their lack of stupidity than I do. I don't know. I, especially when you have a president saying comments like that, essentially that he doesn't want to engage in the direction that, that college athletics is going. I mean, I guess I, I, that's why I think someone pulls him aside and says, hey, dummy, you got to walk some of this back. We got to, even if some of these assistants knew, we can't get rid of them. We can't, you can't not have a coaching staff when camp's about to start. Well, somebody better loosen up that bow tie wrapped around his neck to let the blood flow up into his brain so that he can understand that stuff. Because right now, I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe just tighten it really, really tight. <laughs> yeah. That might be <laughs> That might be the better approach. All right. Well, there'll be more to come on this. We'll have a couple more podcasts, obviously, coming out before we get into our team breakdown. So we'll probably have more to say on this topic uh, a little bit late, a ways down the, the road. But you got anything else you want to add now? No, sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>